This chilly December day, Joe Weston setting in as I always do, joined by Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you this morning? A little on the damp and cold side, but it is December. It is December. We had some nice days this week, and uh, now we're back to more true December <laughs> weather. Sitting across from me today, Stormy Davis. Stormy, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm awake. I'm here. I yeah. figure that's a win for me. That's what all of us are saying. <laughs> Ned's rubbing his face. I've yawned several times. I think uh, there's been some naps going on, but we need to get up and going because there's a Chiefs football game in front of us. It's happening at noon, and it's uh, it's it's a big game as they get set to take on the Miami Dolphins. Let's kick off the show with what we always kick off our show with, and it is who's hot in the NFL. Ned will bring us that. It's brought to you by All Service Air Service. We're going to see a rather interesting circumstance, not only in this game, but one coming up tonight with the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game in Buffalo. I think that will be a very decisive game and who is going to represent whom in the playoffs and in what position they're going to be after the seeding. This one today between Miami and Kansas City, in all honesty, and I get into this in a little while, I don't think it's going to be much of a contest, but that is, that's a private opinion, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. There are some other interesting games. Monday night, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns is a very interesting football game. And I'll tell you another one, too, a sleeper game. You know, next week, the Chiefs play the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans is playing Philadelphia this week in Philadelphia. Oh, the come on. E- Eagles the... have been way down. There's no question about it, but they are not an incapable football team. Watch out here. New Orleans may go into Philly and not be ready for it. That's just a guess. But there are some very interesting contests going on because the National Football League is so much different this year in terms of its playoff structure and in terms of its overall structure because of covid that we may see an awful lot of different uh, circumstances going on. And as far as today's game is concerned, we'll get into that one. But I do think the Chiefs win this one. Stormy, who are you liking right now in the NFL? Uh, tell you what, I sat back and I watched that Cleveland-Tennessee Titans game last week. And if the Titans can turn on that defense like they did in the second half for a whole game, they will give any team in the NFL a lot of problems. Because that is a really tight, really tough defense. And uh, so if they could figure out a way to do that, they could they – could Go a little further than some people are expecting so far. I'm going to give you two teams, Ned. I want to get your opinion on this. One is the L.A. Rams. They've looked really good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're coming on, playing a lot better. They've got their running game going. Goff looks decent, and their defense is really good. I can't disagree with that because the Rams have been through their down period this year, and all, almost all teams except the Chiefs go through periods. It's kind of a peaks and valleys a circumstance. It happens in all pro sports. Well, the Rams did go through a valley, but they are back. I fully agree with you. They're a very dangerous football team. They can do a lot of things. Uh, Jared Goff has begun to really develop into a mature quarterback now and a leader on the field, and they have some good weapons on that ball club. They're, they're one with whom to be reckoned. And my other one is the team from Washington because they surprised a lot of people by beating Pittsburgh and they played well when since Alex Smith has taken over. Yes and no. <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh, yes, uh, Alex Smith is one tough character. Yeah. To come back from a horrendous injury. Folks, he almost had his leg amputated. Yes. And yeah. yet he is back there playing. Then he gets cut on the other leg, but that's, that's a surface abrasion. Washington caught Pittsburgh at the right time. Pittsburgh has been playing just well enough to win, and you can't do that in the NFL and expect to come out victorious every time. Pittsburgh was due to be beaten. Washington is not all that bad. They're not a great team, but they're not all, you know, they're right there in the National Football League East, or least, 
And uh, they're certainly a contender in that least division. But as far as an overall strength, they played good defense, but they got Pittsburgh at the right time because the Steelers were ripe for a loss and Washington was ready to get them then. Well, they played well beyond that, too. I think they had something like three or four wins in a row. and uh, they've, they've won, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as I say, they're not a bad team. Have they played the type of schedule that some of the others have? No, because they haven't yeah. really re- been relegated into that level. But uh, they're, they, they can play the game. There's they're somebody with whom you don't take lightly. Let's uh, talk about last week's game. You called it right out of the box last week. You said that it would be a trap game. And uh, for you know probably the first half, it was a fairly close contest. The Broncos were doing everything that they needed to do to win the game. And I don't think the Chiefs played very well. What were your thoughts on the game? Keep in mind now the Chiefs gave up a couple of touchdowns. There's one that was called back because of a penalty that didn't count. There was another one in which they, I think, gave up the ball down around the five-yard line, did something like that. But they had two touchdowns that were negated. The Tyreek Hill one. Tyreek Caught the ball, Mm -hmm. and they didn't didn't throw a flag on that one. That's it. That's the one. But uh, the fact is that Kansas City is a better team than Denver. They played down to Denver's level, and they didn't really excel and do some of the aggressive things on offense that I've seen them do in the past. And maybe that's because they felt like they had it in the bag all the way. And watching the game, guys, I never, never, never got the feeling the Chiefs were going to lose. Never. And that's because, from a personnel standpoint, they are so superior to some of these ball clubs, inclusive of the one they play today. Stormy, your thoughts on last week's game? Well, I was one of those ones screaming for a while over that Tyreek Hill catching the end zone. I mean, yeah, popped out, came right back down onto him. I mean, <laughs> come on, guys. Uh, but as soon as I saw that, I thought, and I was watching the game, I thought, okay, we're going to go back and we're going to say, oh, dang it, if we had just had that one touchdown and they caught us off guard. But I'm glad they came out of it unscathed and we got a win out. <clears throat> Sorry. But uh, still, good game, good win for the team. Um, but like Ned said, I, I don't think everybody played quite up part of the way they should have. And I think they might have taken a little too much for granted when they went into it. Ned, you brought up an interesting point that I wanted to talk about for just a second. You said the Chiefs played down to their opponent. And Mike, the intern, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That's something they hadn't been doing, but it seems that they've gone back to doing. Does that trouble you? No, no, because they know fully well. The the philosophy of this team, philosophy of Andy Reid is... And keep in mind, he's the mad scientist with all these <laughs> gadget and gimmick plays that he yeah. comes up with, uh, up with. But over and above all of that, he's a smart guy. Reed's been around a long time. He was Philadelphia for 14 years, and now yep. he's been with Kansas City for, what, eight already? This guy's been around. He knows fully well that you don't stomp on teams. Now, you do establish superiority, yes. But in terms of embarrassing them, no, it's a good idea not to do that because I can come back to haunt you somewhere along the line. So I think what he's doing is playing to the vest and very close to the vest and keeping things not necessarily artificially short, but not showing all your weapons. Because after all, you've got the playoffs. Now, you still have several games still to go yep. in the NFL, three in the Chiefs case after this one. But you don't want to give away any kind of strategy that you might have somewhere in the back chambers of your mind. And I think that's what he is doing. Stormy, your thoughts about that. Do you think it's troubling to you that the Chiefs are possibly playing down to opponents? It it does trouble me, and uh, it does with any team. We had another local team that played this weekend that 
uh, kind of did that a little bit as well and worried me on that one as that game too. And I always get nervous when teams do that because you're walking into a situation where you could get caught by that grand old saying of any given Sunday, no matter how good your personnel it is and whatever. You're just to me, you're playing into that scenario when you do that. Well, you're except like, that in the one case, I just it. offer oh, oh, just using this as a, for debate. In the one case, you're talking about college athletes, and this we're talking about professional athletes. Professional athletes, yes, could be danger. College athletes. Zero. The team that you're talking about is far, far, far superior to anybody they play. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 <laughs> The Cave. Your local live sports talk show pregame starts with Art Haynes and Dan Israel in about 42 minutes. We are 52 minutes, actually. Let's uh, talk about this week's game just a little bit. Let's give a preview. They're playing Miami, and for people that don't, you know, are like Chief-centric, Miami's had a very good season this year. They switched quarterbacks to Tua in the season. I'm not even going to try to say the last name. Could you, could you don't do it for me? Tua Valoa. All right, very good. Now, right. he, of course, <laughs> he he was remarkable at Alabama, and uh, he has morphed into a good but not great uh, pro quarterback. He is a different style altogether from Mahomes. Miami is a completely 180 degree opposite from what the Kansas City Chiefs are. But here is what I'm thinking is going to happen in this game today. Miami is not the Chiefs. They've played well. They've won seven of their last eight games. But guys, look at their schedule. Come on, they haven't played anybody. They d- I, now, having said that, they do have a win over the Rams, but anything can happen. All right, in this one, I look for the Chiefs to, <laughs> like the great late great boxer Joe Frazier, come out smoking. I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to try to hit Miami early and often with bombs. I look for Mahomes just to open up and explore that secondary of Miami. Miami has a good defensive yeah. team, mm-hmm. but... Keep in mind, they have not seen the Chiefs. Their coaches have. Brian Flores, defensive coach of the Patriots. He's certainly seen what Kansas City can do. And Chan Gailey and these others have been around and been able to diagnose what the Chiefs have. But from a player standpoint, there's a big difference between seeing it on film and seeing it in person. And when Hill and Hardman and uh, Sammy Watkins and some of these other receivers get out there and Big Kelsey gets running over the middle like that. That's a different story altogether. They have not seen that, and I think it's going to take a, a level of adjustment. I look for Kansas City to hit Miami very early, get out to a big lead, and then go uh, relatively conservative. That uh, matchup between Howard and Tyreek Hill today should be a really good one because he's a, he's a speedy corner. Uh, Howard can play. Howard's a, one of the leaders, if not the leader, in the National Football League in interceptions. Good player. Again, against a lesser caliber than uh, than what he is going to see today. Stormy, your thoughts on Miami? Well, given where Tua came from before Miami and uh, just knowing Islanders the way I do, I'm looking forward to seeing what this kind of test does for him. And uh, I think it's really going to tell us just how good he potentially is for the NFL uh, to face a team like the Chiefs. So I think it's going to be a pretty good game to watch. Again, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem for the Chiefs to come out with the win, but we're still seeing a different Miami team than we saw last year. I mean, last year we were talking about Miami the same way we kind of talk about the Jets this year, but uh, Tua coming in has really done a lot for the team. 
and uh, I'm just, I just, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on his end, seeing how he reacts to this kind of pressure. Miami's a running team, and they one of their uh, their top rushers out today with the COVID. Yeah, it's a kid from the University of Washington, and yeah, he is he is sidelined. But they do have the kid from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, oh gosh, Breda, Breda, Breda. He's he is on there now, and <laughs> I love this. They're probably their leading rusher right now was with the Chiefs about, what, five or six weeks ago, DeAndre Washington, a friend of uh, Mahomes at Texas Tech, and the Chiefs decided, hey, we just are overloaded. We need to cut back a little bit, and they and they cut him, and bingo, Dolphins picked him right up, and now he is in that starting backfield. And I'll tell you who else is on this team, too. One of the Chiefs' leading defensive players from the last couple of years, Emmanuel Agba, mm-hmm. out of Oklahoma State. He is with the with the Dolphins now. <laughs> I got the kick out of his comment yesterday. Somebody asked him, what do you think about playing your old teams? It's just another game. And that's the way it's viewed in the National Football right. League. Just another game. But I'm anxious to see what Washington sliced by the Chiefs about, I'm going to say about a month and a half or two months ago, somewhere around there. I don't remember what the exact date was. How he reacts now to playing some of his old old teammates, although he was not on the team very long. Do you think Tua is going to become a a very good NFL quarterback, or is he flash in the pan? Well, he's not a flash in the pan. He's already proven himself in a lot of respects, but he still also has a lot to prove. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. You know, we're near as big as Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't throw the ball quite that way. And you guys pointed out earlier, it's more of a running attack than it is passing. So I think it's really difficult to assess a guy. He does have mobility. He is coming off a very serious hip operation that he had his, what, three-quarters of the way through his year in Alabama last mm-hmm. year. But he's back. He's at full strength now. He's taken some hits. And he has stepped in. He didn't get the starting role this year. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick who, who did get that. And Fitzpatrick is still there waiting to come in. But Tuavaloa is a guy who is a quick learner. He's a smart guy. He comes from a great program in Alabama. And he can pick up on the scheme of things. Can he do that in a year or two years? Hey, some of these QBs have been around a long time. Mahomes is a freak. He's been able to get it all done very quickly. That's not the case with most of these QBs. It takes a while to develop. I really put Tovaloa in that kind of situation. It's going to take him a while. Stormy, you watched Tua at Alabama. You're an Alabama fan. So what are your thoughts on his maturation? Well, one of the things, and it, it goes back to his heritage. I mean, I've learned over my years to never underestimate Islanders. Their work ethic is unbelievable, and uh, their commitment and their loyalty uh, to a team and to whatever project they're given or team they're given to lead. And so I think he's got insane potential, and he's already seen a lot of tough breaks with the major injury his senior year and coming back and doing as well as he is right after that. So. I'm I'm not going to discount him one bit. I think he's going to be somebody we'll be talking about for several years to come. Well, it should be an exciting matchup between young quarterbacks, one established, one trying to establish himself. We'll have kickoff for that game right around noon, right here on 104.7 The Cave. You're home for the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Back to Net Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. It is football, football, football this time of season. 
We have Sunday, and then, of course, yesterday we had college football, and that's where we check in with Ned Reynolds. What's brewing in college football brought to you by Arctic (laughs) Food Equipment. What is going on? We had some very, very, very interesting football games, not the least of which was played down at the Swamp in Gainesville, Florida, where Florida, which, despite what happened last night, will still play Alabama for the Southeastern Conference Championship, just lost its way out of a possible uh, national championship picture. They got beat by LSU 37-34 on a on I, I can't believe that I am seeing these things in college football where discipline should be taking place. The game is tied 34 all and here is LSU faced with a fourth down or going to be faced with a fourth down situation. The pass is incomplete. Kid has the shoe knocked up into the air and the Florida defensive back catches the shoe. This catches it and then throws it in anger down the field. You know what that is? That is an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. That's an automatic call, 15 yards. They get to keep the ball and kick a field goal a little bit later (laughs) on. They march the ball down, get in field goal range. Florida comes, and it's a 57-yard field goal. Florida comes back in the final seconds of the game. They get within 51 yards and miss the field goal. LSU gets the win. Now, Florida still is the uh, Southeastern Conference Eastern champion, so they'll play, or let's put it this way, they'll be the victim for Alabama next week in the uh, SEC championship game. Cannon fodder. (laughs) Well, yeah, gosh, yes. Alabama goes to Fayetteville. (laughs) It's a, a, and I'm laughing just kind of sardonically, it's a 3-3 game, and Arkansas punts the ball. Kid runs it back 80-some yards for a touchdown. So long, 51 or 52 to 3 is the wow. final. Arkansas is just head and shoulders above everybody. had an amazing everybody. pulled pork they sandwich last night. Tremendously strong football team with a lot going for them. Up in Columbia, virtually the same thing. Missouri's playing with Georgia for a while, and then so long, gang. Big play happens, and Georgia runs away 49 to 14. And another game, there are two teams Two teams have made interesting decisions here in the past two, 72 to 120 hours. One is Boston College and the other is Pittsburgh. They, have, they both qualify for postseason play. They're not going to. They have both opted out of any kind of postseason competition. I admire that. I think it's a, maybe an intelligent decision because they are both coming from a situation in which there has been a definitive COVID outbreak. On the West Coast, they had a game late last night, Southern Cal-UCLA. Southern Cal holds on to beat UCLA. (laughs) Now, here's the really interesting situation. Because Southern Cal is scheduled to play Washington now in the Pac-10. No, I'm sorry, Pac-12. Numbers just drive me nuts anymore. The (laughs) Pac-12 championship game. Washington is hit by a COVID outbreak. Their game this week was canceled. If that outbreak hasn't been solved by this time next week, actually by, uh, I believe it's a Saturday night game, if I'm not mistaken, then the second place team, Oregon, will play. But what about Southern Cal? What happens to them if they, if they have a COVID outbreak? Second place team, Colorado, gets the call. So you might have an altogether runner-up championship game. That is Balderdash. That yeah, should not happen. Well, it's kind of crazy the way things are going this year. And we just kind of, well, let's talk about the biggest, because I think it's crazy, the biggest sports story in college football this week, and that was Ohio State. They were supposed to play Michigan yesterday, which is one of the biggest games of the year. 
and did not happen because of an outbreak at Michigan. There is a rule in the Big Ten that you have to play six games to qualify, and they have not played six games. They've played five, but, well, we'll just bend the rules a little bit there. M-O-N-E-Y, thank you. It figures into it. In a sense, though, yes, it looks like, well, it looked like they did amend the rules. They bent the rules to allow the Buckeyes to get in. In all fairness, that should happen. Ohio State is the, the best team in the conference. Would you leave the Big Ten Conference, one of the nation's premier leagues, out of it because of another team's uh, fallibilities in, in getting the virus? Well, everything is equal when you come to this. But the Big Ten says, look, this team's the best of all. They would have probably slaughtered Michigan. Michigan's having a terrible year. Great traditional game, been going on for over 100 years. But the fact is that they couldn't play. So should you penalize Ohio State because of that. You did make a rule. You had to play six games. It's impossible to do that. They've had a number, several games, it was them who had the COVID outbreak, but others that caused them to have to postpone the games. But the Big Ten says, look, this is going to be a viable championship with Ohio State included, so we will bend and allow them to play for the championship game. And that championship game, they should win. They play Northwestern on Saturday night in that uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Northwestern's had a great year, great year, and they will go to a bowl game. But uh, I, I can't see them beating Ohio State. But your, the answer to your question is, yes, I do agree with that. I think it's the right decision. And the other major game yesterday, Army-Navy. It, it always is, especially when you, you know, you have an internal. I'm a Navy vet, so I always like to see the blue and gold in there. But the blue and gold doesn't have the offense that they did last year. The Reynolds kid, who was their quarterback, is now in the NFL and he was a record setter, national record setter with Navy. Just a great quarterback in that triple option offense. They don't have that kind of athlete this year. And as a matter of fact, they were shut out by Army. <laughs> Although there was a play, there was a play late in the ball game. My old buddy at KY3, Jerry Jacob, is an Army vet. So he and I trade a little text. He's in Florida right now. He and I trade text. Well, Navy scored a touchdown. I don't care what anybody tells you, it was a touchdown. But upon further review, the kid's knee, the kid's knee allegedly hit the field <laughs> before the ball had reached the goal line. It sure didn't look like it to me, but all the announcers and the official replay saying it did, and Navy didn't score. They had three other chances to get it in and, and couldn't couldn't do it. Their offense is very weak. So <laughs> I sent a text to Jerry using language that I can't use on the air. This okay. is blank, 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 blank. And he sends me back a picture of a guy crying. <laughs> 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 we Weep your heart away. But, <laughs> but no, Army was the better team, and Army does go to a bowl game. The Army still has one game remaining on the regular season, which they'll play next Saturday, Army Air Force. But, in, but they will go to a bowl game because of the, uh, the rule that they have for the military teams. Each one of them will... If you qualify, we'll get a game. It's always fun to watch the tradition of the Army-Navy mm -hmm. game, and it's fun to watch because 90% of these athletes, if not higher, they're going to go right into the military service, and they're not going to play in the NFL. So they're actually really honestly out there playing for the love of the game and then also love of the country. Too. But they so, are very good athletes. Don't, yes, don't they are. Sell I mean, them, no, sell not them selling wrong. any of them short at all. It's just most of them don't are, aren't making that 
their career. They're not trying to get to the NFL or the NBA or whatever. They're their their career is in the military. There, so there are some who have made it. Yeah, Staubach and uh, the Admiral David Robinson of um, yep. the NBA mm-hmm. and others in pro football. Joe Bellino with the New England Patriots. But they all do serve their time. That that's their commitment. Yep. They don't pay for their education. We do. They pay for it by giving five years of their time. David yeah, I Robinson. Think it's great. Submarine service, seven yeah. foot tall guy in a submarine. That there was just isn't any way he was getting in a submarine. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's talk about Alabama Stormy. Of course, you're. Uh, we have Josh Roberts is our Alabama fan, and you're our Alabama fan too. How they look yesterday? Uh, really good. I mean, it's like Ned said. It just it's up to the next victim to see how well you know that goes. But um, you know, they're they're a team this year that's just not going to be stopped. And with everything else going on. Uh, in the world, I mean, it's it just makes them that look that much more dominant, and so uh, I'm looking forward to just another. I'm, I'm looking for that number eighteen. I don't know why all of a sudden number eighteen's in my head. Why? Why would that be? <laughs> Let's no, ask- but I just, I just, I just love watching them play and and. Uh, uh, God, never mind. I'm not going to. So let's let's talk about this for a second, Ned. Our top four in college football. Is not going to change. It's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. State. How do you see that shaking out? Is it going to stay the same as it is right now? Be as we head to the playoffs. Well, you have to understand that Notre Dame and Clemson are playing. They're playing <laughs> yeah. Saturday night. That's the ACC championship. So there's ifs, ands, and buts here in, in terms of how that game shapes up. If Clemson loses a second time, I can see them being knocked out of the top four. Mm-hmm. I can see them that because Texas A&M has played very well. If Notre Dame loses, it'll be their first loss of the year. And depending on how they lose, if it's a Clemson blowout, like a, maybe a 49-10, to 10 or I don't think that'll happen, but if it is a large score, there is room for eliminating Notre Dame and putting Texas A&M in there and maybe boosting Ohio State up to Number three, and just kind of uh, circumventing the circ- the whole situation, the way it shapes up. I really think, I do think Clemson wins when they play on Saturday night. Actually, I think it's Saturday afternoon, come to think of it. In, in Charlotte, North Carolina, they play. I do think Clemson wins, but I think it'll be a fairly close game. Remember now, Clemson has a bitter pill to settle with Notre Dame, and that was the big celebration at South Bend a couple of, uh, well, about a month and a half ago. So with that having been said, as of now, I would say the chances of it staying the same are pretty good, but not solid yet because there's so many things that possibly could happen in these championship games. And Texas A&M is uh, the team on the outside looking in. How did they do yesterday? Did they play? Or? They did not. They had, they had the day off, so they did not play. They were idle. It wasn't a postponement of any sort. So what they do is just buy their time and then get set to. Uh, they're not. They're not, to my knowledge, in the uh, in the uh, Southeastern Conference protocol. That's not going to happen. It's going to be Alabama against Florida. But Texas A&M can just sit aside now and just watch and see how things shape up and where they're going to finally end up. Well, that's interesting. Everything that's going on in college football. We'll be back and talk a little more about the Chiefs. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. 
a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. It's good we're playing this wah wah music because uh, we have a retraction. <laughs> Ned has a retraction it, for it's, us. It's a brief one, but I, I said that Texas A&M would sit back and, and watch what happens. They won't sit back because as of now, they do have one game remaining. It's a makeup game with Tennessee, which they'll play late Saturday morning in Knoxville. Now, as the week progresses, that thing could be, and I'm just suggesting possibilities, could be can't, it won't be postponed because there's no time to make it up now. It could be canceled, but as of now, they do have the one game remaining. Play it. it has no bearing at all on the Southeastern Conference, none whatsoever other than your final standing. Let's check in with the injury report brought to you by Morrison, Webster, and Carlton. Stormy, what's going on with the injuries? Well, with the Chiefs, the only one that's listed that's probably definitely an out is, of course, the aforementioned Damian Wilson that Neg talked about earlier with his knee. Uh, the only other one on the list that did have limited practice was Tyron Matthew uh, due to a hip injury, but uh, we'll have to see if he plays. And then uh, down on the list for the Miami Dolphins, they've got a couple. Uh, Salvin Armand, who is a running back, uh, did not practice. Neither did Eric Flowers and uh, had a couple others on limited practice. But uh, and then, of course, they've got the one – is it a receiver that's on the COVID list you weren't you mentioned no, it earlier? Wasn't, it's running Ahmad, back. Ahmad. Oh, is it that's it's, the one? Okay. Well, he he also has has a shoulder problem apparently too, so uh, he will be out. So, but um, right now that's a pretty clean pretty clean bill of health for the Chiefs. NFL is a season of attrition, and the Chiefs have been really fortunate this year. I mean, extremely fortunate this year. You're shaking your head. I'm glad you brought that up, yeah, because it just not, it's not just fortunate. They've been overwhelmingly fortunate. There have not yes. been any serious injuries. Yes, the bumps and bruises, and I think Chris Jones sat out because of a groin pull. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's a nagging injury, a chronic injury that he has had for several years. And I think when it gets to aching too badly, he's like, okay, Chris, you can sit out. And uh, uh, there, there have been others who have gone through circumstances like that. Frank Clark has had... Actually, Clark's is not an injury as, as much as it is a stomach illness that he has that he can't seem to shake, and he's had that for a long time now. That's another chronic uh, circumstance. But in terms of debilitating injuries, absolutely not at all. Well, last year Mahomes had the knee, and you had Tyreek Hill who sat out for three or four games with a thigh problem of some sort. None of that has happened. I attribute that to, yes, good fortune, but, yes, also good training and doggone good physical conditioning. I expected a text from you last week because we always wrap up the show by picking our player of the game, and I uh, picked the one guy that didn't play. Edwards Hilaire didn't play <laughs> last week at all because that, – That's uh, not your fault. Because it was, it kind of, I should have known. I should have known that. But he, well, he, he was, set out the whole game. He was dressed. Yeah. yeah. He, and could have played, but he, why, the guy's ill. He had uh, some kind of a stomach bug of some sort. He wasn't the only one. Uh, Bashad Breeland also was out with that. And those things, I think the roto, is it rotovirus? It's, it's a virus. Mm-hmm. It's not the COVID, yeah. but it is a virus nonetheless. And it makes its round sometimes when you're in close quarters like that. But that's what he had. But there was a chance he could have played, so no, you're absolved. And well, <laughs> and, and you just, and I think the Chiefs probably schedule in Sammy Watkins to be hurt. So just because he just I was listening to the pregame shows. I was driving away last week and they said, you know, first part of the season, Sammy's there and great in part of the season. Sammy's there and great. It's just those middle few games that he has trouble with. And he does make such a big difference in in that offense, because, you know, you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got Travis Kelsey. They're one in one a 
But Sammy Watkins is such a great route runner and always seems to find the pockets in the defense, especially against zones. And that guy makes so many big catches, so many big catches. Important ones, very important game-saving catches in a lot of uh, a lot of cases. But you're right; he is injured more often than not, and this is not just with the Chiefs, with the other teams with whom he has played. He's had that injury bug. It just, he just—it's not done on purpose. No, obviously. he's just one of those guys, and you see that in the NFL. You see it in other sports too. Nicole Hardman is back too. Uh, that makes a big difference for the team. So very healthy Kansas City Chief team going into today's game. Let's get Stormy's fantasy picks. They're brought to you by Fazoli's. Well, there's that old saying from Monty Python, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Well, this year, nobody expected the Cleveland Browns, I don't think. And so my pick this week is Larry, and I'm going to mess this name up, Okunjobi, who is defensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns. And he's got 17 tackles, two sacks so far. He's only 26 years old, but I think he's got a lot of great potential, and uh, hopefully Joe Woods can get him up and going with uh, being able to get in and out and play well today. So just somebody who could be an explosive defensive player coming up. This is a uh, big week in the NFL, Big uh, several big games going on. What's what's the one that you're looking forward to the most? Well, you, are you talking about today or next week? Today. There's some, there's several good games on the schedule today, too. The Baltimore, Baltimore-Cleveland game tomorrow night, I think, is going to be a dandy. And the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game tonight, mm-hmm. I think, will be an extremely important one. But I am, I'm also, guys... As you well know, I believe the green and white. I want to see what Philadelphia does with the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Philadelphia is not as bad as they have played, and they have played badly. But uh, they're capable of doing a lot of things. And a home game against a team like the Saints, I, I just find that a fascinating matchup. Stormy, your thoughts? Uh, well, we've talked about it a couple times already. But, yeah, the Baltimore-Cleveland game I think is, is going to be really a good one to watch. See if uh, Cleveland really has what they – have shown us so far this season. Um, also, you know, you've got the Bills who are still playing better than people yep. expected. That's a team that's not getting mentioned enough. And another one that the, some people aren't mentioning enough is also Indianapolis. They're also playing better than people expected. So uh, it's, it's been a good – we're seeing this in the NFL. What I was hoping we would see in Major League Baseball in their short season is we're seeing some people and some teams kind of step up and do things that people were not expecting uh, in kind of an oddball season. So I'm, I'm, en- I'm enjoying the NFL this season so far. He <laughs> says that Indianapolis having a great year. They play Las Vegas Didn't today out great. there. And I think that uh, – Eight and four is a good year. It is a good year. I think Las Vegas is going to kick their behind today too. Really? <laughs> oh. They've not played well, though. The Raiders have not played well since that oh. Chiefs game. No, that's true. But, uh, again, we talked earlier about how teams go – in and out, ups and peaks and valleys. They've been in a bit of a I'll, valley. I'll take right some now. of that action. I won't lie. That's I'll, I'll take it on that one. On it. So <laughs> you're not going to be riveted to the TV today on Fox and watch Cincinnati and Dallas. Oh my! Five gosh. wins between in a them. Word, no, no, no. <laughs> not going to be riveted to the TV. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks that the uh, NFL season is in quarters. The Chiefs have gone through two of those quarters undefeated, one with one loss. And now they're to what I think is possibly the toughest quarter of their season. Uh, they play Miami today, which is an up-and-coming team. I, we'll talk about it last segment. I disagree with Ned a little bit. I don't. I think this could be closer than what they think. And I think what you mentioned earlier, there's a chance that maybe the Chiefs look ahead a little bit on the schedule, just like the Saints are looking ahead in their schedule because there's a possible Super Bowl matchup next week. Then after the Saints, they play the Falcons, which is – they're much improved. Let's give them that. And then the final game of the season, they play the team in the AFC West that 
besides the Raiders, have given them the toughest go, and that's the Chargers. Played them tough, that is yeah, true, but tough. the Chargers are not a very good football team. They're in disarray at the moment. They haven't, they have just have not played well. Host New England two weeks ago and get blasted, what, 45 yep. to nothing on their own home field, for heaven's sake. Uh, no, they're, they're a very a... inconsistent football team brought about by the fact that they have an inconsistency at quarterback. Now, the Herbert kid from Oregon is going to come in there and played well, has Tyrod Taylor on the sidelines, but... Are these guys, do they have the makeup of a contending team? They do not, no. They're on the uh, Rams' home field, by the way, not their own home field. <laughs> well, they're renting it from the Rams. That's right. Exactly. 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 So, how do, I mean, what do you think? We're, uh, first of all, it's hard for me to believe that we're this far into the season, 12 games in. Uh, it seems like just yesterday we were sitting here and we were starting the season, but we're 12 games in. What do you think this last four? Do you see the Chiefs going 4-0 or 3-1? Yep. Mike Chim going 4-0. You think they'll beat the Saints? I do. Really? I think the Chiefs beat everybody that they play because they're the best team. I have no question in my mind that they are the best balanced, the best athletes, the best coached. They have everything going for them. Again, I'm not denying that the NFL is professional athletes and anything can happen, but I like the way the Chiefs play. I over the last couple of weeks have thought to myself, the only team that's going to beat the chiefs is the Kansas city chiefs. And that's a distinct possibility. Stormy, your thoughts on this last quarter of the season? Well, as a fan like Ned, I'm very confident in the team to go four. Oh, uh, the last part of the season. However, from more of a coaching and insider standpoint, I do have to worry about the saints. They are riding hot right now. And, uh, like you said, this is a potential super bowl matchup, uh, for what we could face. So, we're just going to have to see what happens with the Saints. But uh, that's one game that does concern me greatly uh, from that side of it because they're <laughs> they're playing very well. That's here we, not here the we go. Concerns He's been doing this me. for 30 The one that years, concerns me is the one right after the Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, because you have an emotional circumstance in yep. which your team is down. There's going to be the problem if they have one. I, I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with you that – we're about 12 minutes away from the start of pregame kickoff at noon right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. The weather in Miami today, sunny 79 and partly Sunny skies. I saw they had a uh, shot of the game or the stadium prior to uh, the game today. And uh, Patrick Mahomes is already on the bench sitting with the coaches. Fans were blowing on him so that he could cool off. So 79 in Miami should be a great day. Let's go to Ned and check out his player of the week. It is brought to you by Mid-Missouri Bank. I am going to go with Tyreek Hill today as the player of the week because I think the Chiefs are going to go to him early and as often as they can. While Miami does have a respectable defensive backfield, it isn't among the greatest. And I think that uh, they're seeing somebody with that kind of speed for the very first time this year or for the first of very few times this year, they're going to get their eyes opened up by the speed. I look for Mahomes to go to him early and often, and I pick Tyreek as the player of the game. Who's your player of the game, Stormy? I'm going to go with Cl- Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Okay. Uh, I'm just thinking that this <laughs> Don't is make the same mistake I made. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just hoping the score opens up enough to where uh, they'll be able to put him in and get some good uh, ball time with him on the field. 
I think you're always safe choosing Travis Kelsey, so I would choose Travis Kelsey because uh, there's, he's almost impossible to cover. I mean, you know that Patrick Mahomes is looking for him. He's he's looking deep. He's looking Travis Kelsey. And it amazes me how many times he's such a great route runner, and then his ability to run after he catches the ball is amazing yeah. to me. Just well, amazing. he was my choice last week. Yeah, he was. And he, I think I think if I remember correctly, I don't have the stats, but I think he had 30 uh, 11 catches for uh, something like 100 and some yards. Yeah. Hey, the guy's a horse. He's big, tough kid, and he while he takes some hits, he is at the stage of his career where he can ward them off now, and he's not getting the debilitating effects from them. And Kelsey is also up for the uh, Walter Payton Award this year. So, I mean, that's that says a lot about him as a man as well. He delivers some hits, too. I mean, so many yes. times he turns around yes, and he, he does. just lowers the shoulders and – when you take Travis Kelsey down, you're you're gonna you know, know it. You feel you, it. You feel it. So let's get your uh, let's get your predictions for today's game. Neb, we'll start with you. We know you're picking the Chiefs. What do you what do you think? I'm picking the Chiefs because I think they're going to come out and uh, hit Miami early in this ball game, establish themselves. I think the Chiefs feel like they have been odissed a little bit because they played some close games, which really probably should not have been close, but in fact they have been. I think they say, hey, look, look, we're the best team. We're going to come out. Let's hit this bunch early, get them down, make them come back. And Miami is not a real great comeback team. I look for Kansas City to win this one 40 to, we'll say 40 to 24. Stormy, your thoughts? I'm going to go with 32 to 17. I think that uh, they'll, they'll win this. It'll be a handled win. They'll be very much in control. But um, I'm hoping that uh, we see something good out of Tua, not necessarily against the Chiefs, but just for his future career to see what he can do. So, This is a good, and I say good, I, I know you will correct me, a good de- defensive Miami team. They're allowing 17 points per game. I'm going to go with the closer game because I, I think that this is a trap game. So I'm going to go 24-17, the Chiefs win. Uh, I hope that they don't have to rely on Harrison Becker that much today like yep. they did last week because he's the guy that was really honestly the player of the game last week. He was the one that made the field goals to keep the Chiefs in the game when they couldn't put the ball in the end zone and uh, really set the tone for the game for them last didn't week. Didn't he have 15 points? Isn't that what it was? 15 something to the like, yes. Yeah, something like that. So he had a he had a really, really nice, really nice day. What do you expect to see overall today from the Chiefs? Do you think that you've said that they're going to come out early, but do you see them working on a particular aspect of their game? Depends on how the game morphs out. Uh, like I said earlier, I think that uh, they come out like Joe Frazier used to, come out smoking and give it their all until they've established themselves. And then perhaps work on a running game somewhere along the line. But do they really need to tighten up anything on their team? They're, they're good. It's a good football team that has not had injuries to overcome. They haven't really had to make any adjustments because they are very much intact. That is a big, big plus for this team. They're good nonetheless. They have a lot of depth on their ball club. But the fact is that they haven't really been forced to make those changes in systems that uh, Andy Reid is so well known for. So we'll just just assume that's a non-predictable circumstance. So we'll just assume everything remains intact. And seeing those guys in shorts and short sleeves down there in Miami makes me, of course, this is where they were last year for the Super Bowl. It's the yep. same stadium. And they, you remember what they did there? <laughs> well, the, I don't think the same thing will happen today because they're not going to get behind. But 
Oh, wouldn't it be nice to be down there? Come on. <laughs> Stormy, what do you think? Quickly. Uh, I think that's what they're going to see when they take control of this team is I think they're going to work on controlling the clock and controlling ball movement. That's two areas I think they've been weak on whenever they've got a team that's got them down is they let the other team take control of that clock and the ball movement. I think they'll work on that today once they get control of Miami. We are less than a minute away a minute away from the start of the pregame show. I want to thank Nick Fury, Renee Kinder, Corbin Campbell, Scott Meyer, and, of course, our fearless leader, Mike the Intern. Enjoy the football this afternoon right here on 104.7 The Cave, your home for the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield, your home for the Kansas City Chiefs and Springfield's pure class.